Today, I want to answer this question in our time together. How do I make sense of the Bible? How do I make sense of the Bible? Um, many people, especially young people, don't know the Bible. Uh, they don't understand the Bible, and many don't even read the Bible. Um, let me give you a few stats about reading the Bible. Only 25% of Christians read their Bible weekly or daily. Only 25%. 36% of Christians only read a few times a year. And 39% of Christians report that they never read their Bible. That's almost half. So 40%, it's almost half of Christians don't read their Bible at all. Only 53% of Christians believe the Bible is the Word of God. That means half of Christians, one out of two Christians, believe that the Bible is the Word of God, which blows my mind. What do These are people that have professed Jesus as Savior, and yet they don't believe the Bible as the Word of God. And because of this, um, people don't have the Bible to be a guide for their life and to help them navigate through life. Um, so, uh, and because of that, many people go to other sources to sort of help them in difficult situations, understanding um, whether it's politics or culture or worldview. We go to all sorts of sources. According to stats, 56% of young people go to their family for advice. Only 9% go to God's word or a Christian leader. And when it comes to guidance about gender, sexuality, or other sexual issues, young people go to social media or their friends, and only 6% go to the Bible. And this is a problem. Young people, they don't read their Bible, they don't know God's word on, or God's view on the word, um, or the world, or politics, or people, or other common issues. And so, a lot of times, even Christians, we're lost, we're confused, we don't have sort of a home base, a foundation for us. Now, why is this the case? Why don't young people or Christians as a whole go to God's word? I would suggest two things. Number one, they don't believe the Bible. They don't trust it. They don't recognize it as God's word or his authority. Or secondly, they don't understand it. This is kind of what I want to camp out on um, today. People not understanding the Bible. I want to read a few verses. This is Psalm chapter 19, verses 7 through 11. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Now the psalmist, the writer of this, it's really an ancient song that people would sing, is poetically describing the power and importance of the word of God. He says that it revives your soul, it makes you wise, it's like nourishment, it's sweeter than honey, and he's poetically describing how important and powerful the Bible is for followers of God. But, like I showed in the stats, and I'm sure many of us would agree with that if we thought about when was the last time, not in the classroom, not at church, have we opened up the Bible for ourselves and asked God to speak to us and asked us to God to reveal himself 
to us. When was the last time we did that? I'm sure many of us would fall into that same category of maybe once a week, a couple times a week, maybe once a month, maybe only a few times a year. So how do we get into the practice and the habit of actually being in God's word? Because that's where we'll find our identity. That's where we'll find God's love for us. That's where we'll find God's plan for us. And so we need to be in God's word. So a couple things that will hopefully help us with this. Number one, we need to read consistently. Read consistently. One of the things that kills progress in anything is inconsistency. If it's going to the gym, you will never get buff going inconsistently to the gym. If you go like a couple times a year and then eat whatever you want, you will never get in shape. You have to be consistent. Being a friend, we have to be consistent. So often we wonder why we don't have any friends and it's because we're inconsistent in people's lives. We've got to be consistent. Learning an instrument or learning a language or getting better at a sport, all of these things requires consistency. And being in the Bible and understanding the Bible, the same is true. We need to make sure that it's not something that we do once in a while, but we are consistently in God's word. Too often we read a chapter here or a verse there or a devotional here and then wonder why we don't get anything out of it. The, the Bible refers to itself as daily bread and it needs to be something that is regularly in our lives. I like to say that we need to find a rhythm of God's word in our life, a rhythm of reading. Whether it's for me, I wake up in the morning, I get my cup of coffee, and then I sit down and for about 10 or 15 minutes, I read the Bible. I've got my coffee, which I'm going to have every single day. And so what I do is I attach a habit that I already have with a habit that I'm trying to build. So coffee, it's going to happen. Grab my Bible, pair those two together. It works really well. That might not work for you. You might not be a coffee person. You might not get up early, but maybe it's you know, instead of Instagram or Snapchat for the last 10 minutes before I go to bed, I'm going to open up God's word and find a rhythm to be consistent in God's word. The second thing we've got to read consecutively, read consecutively. It's fine on occasion, but not regularly to just open to a random page and read the Bible. So often I'll talk to people and they'll just be like, you know, I'll just open up the Bible wherever it lands. That's what I'll read. That's okay on occasion, but what you'll find more often than not is you'll find yourself really confused. You'll open it up to like a verse in Ezekiel and be like, what in the world is happening? Or you'll open up to like the book of Revelation or the book of Daniel and you'll be like, I don't understand what's going on. It's so important when reading the Bible that you pick a book and then you go through it verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you don't know where to start, let me give you a few suggestions. Start with the book of Ephesians. It's six chapters long. It's really simple. The main ideas are clear. If, if you want something a little longer, read the Gospel of John. Maybe read the book of Philippians. These are books that will help you just get started. And then also read it, find a rhythm, read it chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and get through the book. And then when you finish, start a new book. So often we are confused about the Bible because we've never read something through from start to finish. If you never read a, a book through start to finish and then I asked you about the book, you would have no idea what the book was about. So in the Bible, we've got to make sure that we read consecutive, consecutively. All right, number three, hopefully this is making sense to you. I wish I could see you so I could hopefully see some head nods or some notes writing down. Right now, wherever you are, just give me a nice head nod and I'm believing that you are with me. Number three, 
Seek what it means. Seek what it means. Often you'll hear、um, people talking about the Bible and say, "What this means to me is," and then, or they'll say, "What I think this means is." Now that's okay, but it's not great because at the end of the day, we're not necessarily concerned with what the Bible means to you. We want to know what the Bible means because when the author wrote it, and when God inspired the author to write it, and when God, before the foundations of the world, had His intention of communicating His word to us in written form, He had an an intention of what the word was going to mean. And so, when we're reading the Bible, we want to understand not just what this means to me in my context, or in my day and age, or in my circumstance. We want to understand what the Bible means. And so we have to do some work to understand what is going on in the Bible. You open up a book. Let's say you start with the book of Ephesians. When you open that book up, it'll say Paul, an apostle to the church in Ephesus. So right away, you know, okay, this is written by a guy named Paul. He's writing to a church in a place called Ephesus, and now this is now his intention with what he's writing. And right away, you've got context, you've got the author, you've got his intention, and that will begin to unlock for you the idea behind the book. And so, when you're reading God's word, it's important that you understand who's writing this thing. It's important that you understand who's he writing to. What's it all about? What's the the major theme? What's the theological ideas? All of these things are important for us when we're reading God's word, so that it'll unlock in our minds. And an easy way for us to understand、um, the Bible is that the Bible means what it says, and it says what it means. Sometimes I think we go into reading the Bible and we're trying to like unlock some strange mystery that the Bible is trying to present to us, but the words on the pages are never exactly what it means, and so we have to go like almost like Sherlock Holmes or something, like looking and investigating what. Does this mean? And most of the time, the Bible means what it says, and it says what it means. And where the Bible is literal and historical, it's obvious. And when the Bible is poetic and metaphorical, it's obvious. Let me give you an example. This is from some of the verses we just read in Psalm 19. It says this, verse 10: More to be desired. This is talking about the Word of God, the words of God. More to be desired are they than gold? Even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, and drippings of the honeycomb. Now, when this verse says that the Bible, the Word of God, tastes sweeter than honey, do you think that it's literal or metaphorical? When this verse says that the Bible is sweeter than honey, is it literal or metaphorical? Now, since I can't see your response, I'm assuming most of you are saying metaphorical, and that's the right answer. Good job, because he's not saying if you take a bite out of your Bible, is it gonna taste sweeter than honey? It's either gonna taste like paper, or it's gonna taste like your phone or an iPad, right? If you took a bite out of it, it wouldn't taste like. Honey. So he's saying metaphorically. The idea is when you get in God's word, it tastes good to your soul. It's good for you. It's healthy. It's helpful. And so we need to recognize when we look at the Bible, with the Bible, that it's either going to be very clear that it's metaphorical, or it's going to be very clear that it's literal and historical. So seek to understand what the Bible is saying. Number four, we got to seek to meditate. 
We got to seek what it means, but we also have to seek to meditate. One of the reasons we don't understand God's word is because we don't keep it in our minds and allow it to get to our hearts. Let me tell you, God's word is good in your head. It's better in your heart. The ideas of the Bible are good to, when they're up here. If you can quote a memory verse, if you've got like John 3, 16 down, that's awesome. But bigger than that is if you have it in your heart, if you understand the principles, the ideas that God's trying to communicate to us. So in order to get the Bible from our head to our heart, we've got to think about it. We have to talk about it. We have to sing about it. We have to journal about it. We have to ask questions about it. We have to be not just in God's words, but where it's in one ear and out the other, but where it gets down deep into our heart. Have you ever heard um, about a cow chewing the cud? You ever heard this idea before? Um, basically what this means is when a cow eats, it'll chew up the food and it'll swallow it. And then a cow has four like compartments in its stomach. You might hear that a cow has four stomachs. That's not true. But a cow's stomach is sort of broken up into four parts. And what a cow will do is it'll eat the food. It'll swallow it. It'll go to one of the compartments in its stomach. And then later on, if it's feeling hungry and it doesn't feel like leaning over and eating more grass, it will regurgitate that grass and chew it up some more. And then it will swallow it once again. It's kind of random and gross, but the idea that I want to sort of pitch to you is this is how we should digest the word of God. We should get it into our system. We should read it. We should get it in and then we should regurgitate it and think about it again. Talk about it. Sing about it. Write it down. And what this is do doing is this begins to allow God's word to meditate in your mind and then it will seep into your heart. And when God's word gets in your heart, it'll change your life. If you can get the principles of God's word and, and his heart for the world and his plans for your life and his direction and all of these things out of just your mind and out of just the pages of the word and into your life, it will change your life. So we've got to, like a cow, chew the cud. All right, last thought and we'll be done. Hopefully this has been helpful for you and encouraging and something that will motivate you to get in God's word. Number five, we have to trust the Bible's authority. Trust the Bible's authority. This is probably one of the biggest reasons people, especially young people, don't read their Bible. They don't believe it to be the word of God. We question it. We second guess it, we excuse it, we justify it, we explain stuff away. Because what you need to understand about the Bible is the Bible transcends. What I mean by transcends is that it stands beyond culture, circumstance, situation, emotion, experience. The Bible transcends all of those things. It goes beyond that. It, God spoke it into existence. He breathed it upon the people of God to write it out. And in the word of God, we're told in the Bible that it will not pass away. Though the heavens and earth pass away, the words of God will never change, will never pass away. It transcends. And because of that, kingdoms rise and fall, culture changes, uh, influence changes, trends change, but the word of God stays the same. But oftentimes the word of God and the cultural things that are normal or relevant or, or hot topics, those things in the Bible sort of uh, contradict each other. They go like this. And so what we have to do and what tends to happen 
is we tend to trust culture and our friends and social media above the Word of God. And so when the Word of God and culture says something different, we tend to lean more towards culture and our friends. And so then we view the Bible sort of with this lens of uh, sort of cynicism and, and we're not trusting it, we don't believe in it. Rather, we need to allow God's word to be the final authority. I heard a quote um, by a pastor I follow on Instagram. He was asked a question. He did one of those ask me a question polls and um, somebody asked him a question, uh, a, a controversial question about the Bible. And he said this quote, what if the author of the Bible is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and our cultural ideas are the ones highly disordered? What if when reading scripture, our first reaction is maybe I'm the one that's wrong, not God's word? I think if we can look at God's word that way, and if we look at his word and our life doesn't line up, or we look at his word and the culture doesn't line up, rather than saying culture's right, or I'm right, or my parent was right, or my teacher is right, maybe we say, do you know what? The word of God is right. That is the final authority. God is the final authority. And we can allow his word to speak into our life and we change, the Bible doesn't change. The Bible changes us, we don't change the Bible. And so we need to allow God's word to change our heart, to change our mind, and to change our lives. But we allow that to happen by being in his word. Now, final thing I wanna to say to you before we finish is, we don't worship the Bible, we worship the God of the Bible. So we read the Bible not because we think that this book is what matters, but rather the person that you find in the book, that person is Jesus Christ, he is who matters. And his word is how he has revealed himself to us. And so if you wanna know Jesus better, you get in his word. If you want to know Jesus better, his story, his life, his actions, his heart, you get in God's word. We worship him and it's his name that is above every other name. That's what matters. But he's revealed himself to us through his word. So how do I better understand the Bible? Well, let me tell you, read consistently, read consecu sec consecutively, seek what it means, seek to meditate and trust the Bible as the final authority. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your grace. We thank you that you've revealed yourself to us in your word. Lord, it's in the pages of scripture that we will find your heart. We will find how much you love us. We will see your plans, the will that you have for our lives. And so God, help us to be in your word. Help us to understand it. Unlock maybe ideas that have been confusing to us or maybe things that we've disagreed with. Help us to see your heart and your word above everything else. God, we thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much. God bless.